0: Hey, Lake Point Church and friends, it's Pastor Frank Bennett here, and I get the privilege to deliver God's word. Thanks for joining us online. We pray that you and your family are are doing well. Uh, I know that we're all super affected by this, obviously some more affected than others, but we are all sort of cooped up in our homes. And uh, as I shared last week, there's a reason for that, and I'll remind you of that in today's sermon. But we're going to continue in this series that God laid in my heart actually several months ago, and that was something that intrigued me. It was it was all about the last six days of Jesus here on this earth. Because you and I, um, how would we handle our last six days? What would we do in those last six days if we knew we were going to die? Because Jesus knew he was going to die. Jesus knew he was going to lay down his life for mankind, and. How did he handle that? How did he do, how did he handle those last six days? And so, as we journey through that, and we've been on a journey over the last several weeks, and we're going to continue on that journey all the way to the cross and we hope that you uh, join us for that. I do want to remind you uh, in this uh, message, we are actually going to observe communion, the Lord's Supper, and so uh, whether you're watching now or if you have a chance to pause and kind of get those uh, those elements, maybe some, some juice or some bread or crackers, we invite you uh, to do that because we're going to observe that later on towards the end of, of this message. But as a as a recap, I, I do want to um, uh, go through the journey, uh, where we where we've been and where we're going, and it's very important. And the reason why it's important is because it sets a clear path. Of not only salvation but Christian living. On on the last Sunday of Jesus' life, he entered into the gates of the city of Jerusalem in the inner city, and uh, he was welcomed by a large crowd who moved things aside, uh, removed all the things that were in the way of Jesus uh, coming into the city, into the um, the city, and they laid their outer garments down, their their palm branches, and they literally made away with people on both sides coming down uh, through the city. And it's, it's really symbolic of how we uh, receive Christ. Obviously, Jesus is a way maker, but you and I, we've got to make a way. We've got to clear the way of, of everything that, that goes against of Jesus coming into uh, into our life, and then on that that Monday, the last Monday of His life, we see where Jesus again entered in Jerusalem. He went straight to the temple temple, and He cleaned out the money changers. He actually chased them out because of their greed and because of their extortion of taking something as holy as as sacrifices that people need, animal sacrifices, and and making money off of it. Um, an enormous amount of money. And because of that, um, he chased him out and he said, my house is a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. And again, that's symbolic of what Jesus does when we invite him in. When we make a way, he comes in and he uh, cleans out uh, the temple. And if he truly is Lord of our lives, we don't need to give him permission. He did not seek permission to clean out the temple. Uh, He just did it. And so uh, when we invite him in, he cleans out our temple like only he can. We cannot do that ourselves. Our temple being the body. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so on the next day, on that Tuesday, uh, Jesus is questioned um, by by the teachers of the law, he is his authority is questioned. He uh, he actually has to answer to them uh, in the fact that uh, I I've, I've got authority that is from my heavenly Father uh, from heaven, and so Jesus takes time on that day to answer. Uh, their authority and to say answer their questions about authority, and he answers with parables and examples and, and rebukes as well. Of course, the Pharisees uh, they don't like it, and so because of that, uh, they uh, really made the 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 plans to uh, to have Jesus crucified at um, at that moment. But Jesus, on that day, he shares that he has ultimate authority. All heaven on earth has been given to Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. And again, that's symbolic, uh, because if you and I are going to invite Jesus into our life, make a way for him, and to allow him to clean our temple, to clean our mind, our soul, our spirit, then we've got to give him complete authority. We've got to allow him uh, to be Lord of our life. And just like the Pharisees, who they, um, they were fighting with him and arguing on, on who has the ultimate authority because they had authority. They thought they had authority to teach the law, the only people that had authority to teach the law given by God. And, of course, um, they were fighting with Jesus on his authority. It's, it's symbolic, again, of what, what do we hold on to that we say we have authority in our life? Uh, how, how much of our life are we allowing to, to give to Jesus as the ultimate authority, what areas in our life, what rooms in the uh, in our heart are we allowing uh, Jesus to have the key, or are we holding on to the key in those certain rooms in our heart? And so, uh, just like the authority of Jesus, as He showed on that uh, Tuesday, we need to give Him complete authority. And then on Wednesday, Jesus did something that was very different. We talked about this last uh, last week. Jesus, uh, He spent. Uh, that time, that Wednesday, just kind of being still. We we have, uh, as we read last week, we have this moment um, where a, a, a woman came and, and anointed his body. Uh, obviously, Jesus said it was for the burial, but anointed his body um, with a perfume that was very expensive, and it was a very worshipful moment. But on the bookends of that, you have the Pharisees who are, uh, planning this this crucifixion of of Jesus, and then at the end of that of that anointing moment by this woman, we have Judas who um, who decides, you know what, enough is enough, and so he actually meets with the teachers of the law, and he strikes a deal of conspiracy, and so even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of 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 this chaos, we have this worshipful moment of Jesus being. Uh, still and really just preparing uh, to change the world and I asked last week you know what what is God speaking to you during this time of being still you know we're, we're still for a reason and I believe as and as many other uh, pastor friends of mine have said as well I, we, we believe that God has us still for a moment for and for a reason and in this moment, We've got to take advantage of this. We've got to adhere to what God wants to speak to us. And I believe that God is getting the church ready for something that, that's coming. I do believe that. And so we want to prepare ourselves. And so the world has stopped literally. And in this moment, this be still moment, what is God sharing with you? Are you having these quiet moments with the Lord. Are you um, in a moment of, of being still before Him and soaking up that, that anointing that He is bringing uh, over you? And so the, the, just like the perfume uh, filled the, the, the house and the area with, with a sweet smell, what aroma of God Are you sensing in your life as as you are um, in a moment of just being still? And so that happened on that Wednesday and on the Thursday of his of his final week, we we see Jesus sort of once again removing himself away from the crowds. And he is with um, his his family. Now, he's not with his, his biological family, his earthly family. He's actually with his spiritual family. He's with, he is with his disciples. And so he decides to spend this time with the disciples, and they prepare an upper room uh, for, um, uh, for the Passover meal. And so because it's Passover week, and he is uh, I- introducing something new uh, as, as we'll see later on. And he's introducing something new to the disciples, but he's spending time with them at a table and, and just over a meal. And how precious uh, is that? I mean, we, we as a family in, in the Bennett House, we have uh, lots of great moments. In fact, some of our best moments are at the dinner table. We're we're a big believer in, in having meals because we, we have six kids and with eight people it's it's um it's kind of expensive to go out to eat. Of course over the last few few weeks it's, it's difficult to kind of go to a place and sit down and and, and eat somewhere, obviously. But even even before this season that we're in, we have always treasured the moments that we could get together and we value those and we protect those. Because it's there at the table that, that uh, we, we, uh, we have lots of laughter, we have lots of stories, we, we sort of reminisce about the day, maybe even reminisce about uh, past times in um, silly moments, or we talk about the future, but it's also a time of instruction uh, that my wife and I, we share with our kids. It's a very important moment as we break bread together, and that's what Jesus does. He, he shows us that he does that very same thing with his family of disciples. And we see at that table in the in the gospel of John, one of his disciples, we see John actually sharing with us uh, some of the things that Jesus said in that moment, because it wasn't just a, a quick meal and, and they ate real quick and they, they observed this Lord's Supper and then they left. It was a, a, a very extended time. Jesus actually does a lot of teaching, but not only instruction, but he also shares words of encouragement because he knows what's coming and he warns his disciples what's coming. He tells them, look, I'm about to leave you, but, but don't fret don't worry. And, and there's some words, not only for the disciples, but some great words of, of encouragement and instruction uh, for us uh, today. And so we're going to be in uh, John, the book of John, uh, chapter, uh, starting in chapter 13. If you have your copy of God's Word, I encourage you to, uh, to get that. If you don't have um, a Bible or have that handy, or maybe you're watching this on your phone. You can't go to your Bible app. That's fine. We're gonna have the scripture uh, there for you to uh, for you to look at. But we're gonna look at a few moments of instruction that. I have, over the years in my Bible, I have actually underlined. And so to prepare for this, I went back to John and said, what are some, what are some moments that God really spoke to me? And, and I was reminded, preparing for this message, what spiritual truths are here um, in, these, um, in these few chapters here. So in John chapter uh, 13, we are in uh, verse uh, 34 and 35. And this is Jesus talking. It says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So what is it what Jesus is doing, he's instructing his disciples, but this is for us as well. He's telling us, he's telling us, look, folks, you need to love one another. <laughs> you need to love one another. Church, you need to love one another. That's how people will know that you know, there's something different about that person. There's something different about that group of people. They just take care of one another. They love one another. There's been incredible moments, and there are people watching right now, you've been a part of those moments, whether on the giving end or the receiving end. Uh, there's been several moments where we as a church family, at Lake Point Church, we've been able to love one another and take care of one another, either financially or, or through other resources or time. And, and it's a, a very awesome, sweet moment. And so uh, we are encouraged by that, and Jesus is telling us to love one another, and that's how they will know that we belong to Jesus and we are his disciple. the uh, The other thing he shares is in uh, John chapter fourteen, John chapter fourteen, verses one through three, and it says this: Do not let your hearts be troubled. And then a great isn't a great set of words for us? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Uh, you believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. And so what God is saying is, and the, and the key uh, word, set of words in this passage is trust in God. Trust in God. Look, I'm, I'm with you now, and, and I'm going to prepare a place, and I'm going to come back for you. But in the meantime, trust in God. Trust that everything's going to be all right. You know, it reminds me of, of the times several years ago, my wife and I uh, had the incredible... Uh, opportunity to adopt um, uh, three of our children, uh, all at the same time, their siblings, uh, from Ukraine. And many of y'all know that story. Uh, But uh, we, we did not just go to Ukraine and choose three kids and then immediately go back home. We were there for six weeks. Now, why is it important that we were there for six weeks? Because we had to build a relationship with the kids. We had to uh, have, a, have several moments where they could get to know us and they could trust us. Because here's the bottom line. They actually stood before a judge in Ukraine. And the judge asked them this question. Do you want to go with these, these people? These, this, this mom, this, this maybe let her be your mom or this dad. Do you want to go with them? And it was sort of a moment of truth, but it was after a time where we spent with them. We actually broke bread in, in the form of, you know, uh, Ukrainian food. But we broke bread and, and, and we played in the playground and we connected with them. And so there was a trust factor and they turned around. I'll never forget this moment. They turned around, looked at us, looked at the judge in the eye and they said, yes, we want to go with them. And so um, it was an, an incredible moment. And you and I can trust in God more if we come at his table, if we come and have a sweet fellowship with him. And so uh, we could trust in God. The other thing that Jesus shares is found in that same chapter, John chapter 14, verse uh, six. And it says, Jesus answered it. I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus shows us the way. So the first first part uh, that I mentioned, he, he, uh, he tells us to love one another. And then he tells us to trust in God. And then he tells us uh, the way, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, that is an important biblical truth that we, uh, we need to share. In fact, we share that with our kids all the time. And, and as our kids... Uh, try to uh, maneuver in this life, they are easily pulled into maybe sitting at a different table, sitting at a different table than the one that, that Jesus is at. Because let me tell you, uh, if they sit at the wrong table, then they're going to be told that uh, there's, there's more than one way to heaven. There's more than one way to eternal life. And of course, that's, that's not the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father God except through me. And so it's important that we understand uh, this way. But it's important that we sit at the right table. We sit at the table that Jesus is at. We also see another um, a spiritual um, a truth that Jesus uh, shares with us. And it's found, in, again, in this same chapter, John chapter 14, verse... Um, um, 30 through, um, no, verse 21 through um, 22. So actually verse 21, it says this, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Now, this verse right here is a spiritual promise because he tells us, look, I'm going to show myself to you, I'm going to reveal myself to you if whoever has my commands, if you keep my commands, and not only keep my commands, but as you keep my commands, you fall in love with me. You show that you love me, and I'm going to reveal myself to you. He shows himself uh, to us, and as we are able to uh, keep his commands, and as we're able to Follow after him. We're we're able to we're able to fall in love with him more and more. We we show our kids uh, many times uh, as we have raised them that uh, the best way you can show you love us is just to obey us. Obedience equals love, and it's no different than God the Father. It's no so different than what Jesus is is telling us. Today and also his disciples. As we are able to obey him, we show him that, um, that, we, that we love him. And so um, he reveals himself to us. And then the last thing he shares with us, and of course there's many things, but the last thing I'm going to share with you is, is one of my favorite passages at John 15 5, and it says this I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I with you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me. So what he tells us is this. He tells us how to connect with him. He tells us how to, how to connect with, um, with God, um, the Father, and through him. And he, he, uh, he tells us, look. I am the vine, and you are the branches. The only way you're going to bear fruit is if you're connected. Now, you may, you may say the word bear is, is, is produced, but it's also a sense of, of, of carry. The only way you're going to carry fruit is if you are connected with me to the vine. And so Jesus reminds us, look, you... The only way you're going to grow is if you're connected with me. And so Jesus takes time to instruct his disciples. But the disciples never would have uh, received those instructions if they never would have sat down at his table. His table is an important table. It's a table where, where we are able to Um, We're able to uh, get teaching. We're able to uh, sit down and and understand what God is trying to say in his word. And so that table is something that not only has Jesus, but it has other people. Because, see, the disciples, if you read these passages in in the book of John, the disciples are asking uh, lots of questions, and Jesus was answering those questions. It was really kind of a, a small group kind of moment. And that is represented by the church. And so the way that you and I can grow in our faith and continue in our faith is if we sit at the table with other believers, with other people just trying to navigate through this Christian life and to grow. You grow together together if you break bread together, if you do things together. And so that's why it's extremely important for you to get plugged into a church. Now, you might be thinking, you know, Frank, I, I, I've been away from church a long time. Well, guess what? We've all been away from church a while. <laughs> so when we come back, guess what? There's gonna be a lot of people saying, man, I haven't, I haven't seen you in a long time. We're all going to be saying that because we haven't been there for a long time. Obviously, the church is not a building. The the church is the body of Christ of people. But when we finally come together in fellowship, we're going to be saying those things. So what a great time for you to come back to church when all of this stuff passes over. And so when we accept Christ by moving the unimportant things aside and we ask him to be um, uh, to come into our heart and to clean our temple and to have the authority in our life. Don't stop there. The journey continues. The journey continues by being still before God and knowing that he is God. In those moments of quiet when it's just you and God, those, that is so important. Many, many believers stop there and they never grow because they're never in a moment where they're being still before God. And then it doesn't stop there either. You've got to break bread. You've got to sit at the table with other believers, with people. You have to have a church family. You've got to grow together. You cannot do this on your own. You can't. Because you're like the branch that, that is disconnected from the vine. You've got to reconnect to the vine. And the way to do that is to be so before God and to connect through the church. I, I think there's many people watching right now, and you 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 haven't been to church in a long time. But can I let me tell you something? God, God is God is not angry with you because of that. Much like if if one of my children were to go away for a long time and they came back home, I would be overjoyed that they're coming back home. And so God is not angry with you because you haven't been to church. And, and, yeah, is a church filled with, with a bunch of hypocrites? Absolutely. Because we're all sinners. We're all messed up. And I know you're messed up as well. So come join a bunch of messed up people trying to get um, their, their, their life lined up with God's life and trying to get connected with the vine. And so I just want to encourage you to have that family. And family is the word for Thursday, the last Thursday of Jesus. The day before was serenity, quietness before God. But today is all about family. It was about his family of disciples, and it's about your spiritual family, the church. You know, just like our family, we, we, we know each other. We, we're all involved in each other's junk, <laughs> We, we cry together. We celebrate together. We instruct with one another in the same way with our church family. You know, just because maybe some, something has happened in your life, maybe there's something that's shameful in your life, or maybe there, there, there's something that you're just, you're just embarrassed by. I want to tell you, that is not the time for you to get away from your family. Your church family, your church family is something that's needed for you, And you could help the church family. Because let me tell you something, you have something that you've been going through that other people in a church family needs to know and needs to hear. And so don't don't try to separate yourself from the family, your spiritual family. Well, as, as Jesus finished his, his uh, supper, his meal with the disciples, he um, he showed them a beginning of a new covenant about his 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 body and, and his and his blood that was going to be shed for the forgiveness of sins, and so um, we uh, we see where Jesus shares this, and he shares, and I'm going to be reading from uh, the book of Matthew another one of the Gospels. And in this book of Matthew, um, we see in uh, Matthew chapter 26 starting in verse 26. And so as we come in this time of Lord's Supper and Communion, um, we're going to honor and remember what Jesus did for us so before we we work through this just in this moment of silence i want you to get your heart right with him i want you to ask him to forgive you of your of any unconfessed sin in your life ask Jesus lord forgive me my sin please come into my in, in, into my soul and my spirit uh, and just cleanse me cleanse my temple be the authority of my life So in the quietness of this moment, just say a prayer like that. Let's get right with the Lord. Heavenly Father, as we are about to observe um, this communion, be reminded of your body and your blood that you shed for us. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you um, that you reveal yourself to us Uh, as as we strive to obey you and fall in love with you and sit at your table you will show yourself to us so Lord speak to us now speak to us in this moment as as families are coming together at a family altar I pray Father that that, um, they take this moment very seriously Jesus Jesus So as we do this together, I'm in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and we had given thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body. He took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And as we are reminded of that, let me encourage you. Let me me encourage you in in this, that um, Jesus loves you. Um, And he showed in his last week the path to salvation in in his actions. And he also showed the importance of growing in our faith, of being still one-on-one with God but also joining together with the family of God. So be a part of the family of God. Be a part of the family of God and grow in your faith. We love you. We're here for you. And we will see you back online next week.